the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Bit of a selling narrative taking shape today. It seems almost kind of predictable in what we're seeing in that record number of COVID cases diagnosed in the United States hit an all-time daily high over the weekend. And yes, there's thoughts of vaccine with what will look like pretty credible data, probably no later than December. But then there's reality of how long does it take to distribute? How many times do you got to get the vaccine? Once or twice? When do you feel comfortable going back to work? When does work feel comfortable with you going back? Are there lawsuits if you go back and get COVID? A lot of little things are going to need to be figured out. So stocks are sinking out of the gate as the United States and both Europe um, battle the virus resurgence. Record high new cases this weekend. France, Italy, Spain, each tighten restrictions on business activity. So a little bit of kind of a depressing start, right? This is a big tech earnings week, huge tech earnings week. I'm sure there's be a couple days where I talk a little bit too much, a little bit too often, so to speak. Um, tech stocks underperformed and the 10-year treasury moved higher last week. There is thoughts that if there is a blue sweep, which is kind of interesting that that's kind of become conversation around the election. Blue sweep could happen. Blue sweep could happen. Blue sweep way happen. Something tells me it never goes as predicted, right? So last week, the NASDAQ fell. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell. The S&P 500 fell. And it was the big tech companies that hurt the most. Uh, Intel and Netflix were some notable earnings laggards. Snap had a massive winner. Uh, up 52% in three days following its earnings, telling you that other social media companies like Facebook uh, should have a good quarter. And it's all coming up this week. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google all go on Thursday. Microsoft kicks things off on Tuesday. Uh, I think we have a kind of a love-hate relationship. I think it's kind of a love-love relationship with tech companies. But I'm kind of digressing. Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Brands, which they don't want to be known just as a donut company. A very East Coast thing that has slowly been coming to the West Coast. They're in talks to be acquired by private equity-backed Inspire Brands. Not just rumors, so says Dunkin' spokesperson. They admit it. Preliminary discussions are lining up there. Uh, I can't get a lot into Dunkin' Brands when there's a company called Starbucks right next to them in the world of investments. It's tough. Now I get it that you're like, well, everyone knows about Starbucks and everyone, they hate the big company. Yeah, but they're the big company. 
So it's really tough to break away from that. Let's take a look at some other earnings. Today we get Hasbro. Tomorrow we get Pfizer and Merck. What will they say about the vaccine and or not? What will they say about Americans going back into the healthcare system and or not? I'm spooked enough that I want to get a flu shot. I always get a flu shot. But I'm spooked enough that I don't want to go into CVS. It makes no sense. Uh, and I don't want to use the word spooked because that's not quite right. Cautious. AMD reports numbers on Tuesday. Big semiconductor company that's had an amazing year. And like I said, Microsoft Corporation as well. A company that I'll be interested in Tuesday is First Solar. Obviously, solar is just picking up. Um, it's not slowing down. So it's, it's in the right place at the right time. Potential investment is there. Wednesday, we get Boeing. Ooh, what a 2020 they've had, right? What a 2019 they had. But also Wednesday, we get Pinterest, which is going to be very interesting for me in large part. Like I said, with everything the positive that came out of Snap, how will these media companies do? Visa on Wednesday, as well as MasterCard. I like both of those companies for long-term patient investors. Gilead Sciences is Wednesday. We'll learn a little bit more about Rimsdevere and COVID and vaccine. I love earning season if you haven't figured that out. Uh, it's kind of a tell the truth. And Thursday, like I said, holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Twitter, Starbucks, and Shopify. I feel like a kid. Oh, wait, wait. There's one more gift in the stocking. Pin National Gaming. I, I can make this work. National gaming is a casino-like play. So it's not for everyone, for sure. Based on the action we've seen in the stock market over the last two weeks, it seems to me that it's going to take some serious new news to fuel a significant decline over the next week and a half. Former Vice President Joe Biden maintains a sizable lead over President Donald Trump in national polls, although the gap has narrowed slightly as of late. I was reading this morning in the New York Times, there's an article about how Maine and Nebraska split their electoral votes on counties. I don't want to get too technical here. But those two states could somehow possibly maybe kind of decide the winner. And I'm like, boom, there goes my brain. I just saw the last vestiges of it just a second ago, and now it's gone. Optimism has dimmed that the White House and the Republicans could strike a stimulus deal with Democrats before the election. Meadows, Mark Meadows, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accused each other of moving the goalposts on stimulus talks. That's out there. With the rising cases, that's more bad news for Delta, Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Lines, any major hotel play. Um, it's a she loves me, she loves me not, right? The decline in the markets this morning heavily point the finger at the new coronavirus cases in the United States. 83,000 new infections on both Friday and Saturday. Ooh. Ooh. It's like one every 1.3 seconds. And I guess you could say that's interesting. Remember when we used to do that with cigarettes? person dies of cancer every 1.9 seconds. Next year, that number will be 1.7. We'll eventually move to two people die every second. And like you're like, oh, boy, that doesn't sound like it's good to be them. 
So I've got a shopping list right now. When the markets feel like there may be too much going on with the elections and too much going on with COVID, probably COVID more than the elections, um, I'm kind of hoping for a couple of bad days. Eh. I'm not in retirement yet. When I'm in retirement, you're never going to hear those words come out of my mouth. Hasbro is tumbling after results fall short of rival Mattel's. Those are two companies I just want to stay away from. And yeah, every now and then they get something right, like Magic the Gathering or Star Wars collectible figures. But my kids, they're more, you know, they got their iPad, like their, their lifeline. Not a lot of toys, more apps than toys, which again tells you why Apple's so dominant, having the Apple Store where they get 30% cuts on games. Both companies have said parents are flocking to familiar products to entertain kids stuck at home during the pandemic. So there could be a short-term buying opportunity as parents are getting games like Connect 4 and Monopoly, trying to get them off the computer. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Songs about karma. I kind of believe in karma. Braces are back. A company called Line Technology. Sent investors home smiling last week after they reported blowout earnings. What I love about that is it's almost stupid. You could invest in a company that makes plastic liners that you force into your teeth that straighten your teeth. That's kind of cool. Like, I don't know. I hope that makes some sort of sense to you. 800 516 1220 to get your calls in the air. Um, Again, I don't want to beat this up too much, but if Biden wins, taxes are going up. Biden has a tax plan. We've talked about it before. Kamala Harris also has a tax plan, which involves a top marginal rate of 70%, which goes back to that Phil Mickelson commentary a couple years ago. He's a lefty who plays golf. A lot of older men like him because he's kind of got the dad body. He's kind of got the weird looking stroke because he's a lefty. And uh, he was Tiger Woods' only real competition for a long period of time. But he once said something along the lines of, taxes in California are so high, I'm paying almost, if I win a million dollars in a tournament, I only bring home 300000 And it got me thinking, how true is that? And you start figuring out the tax brackets for federal, state. Then you start figuring out Social Security taxes that he has to pay both sides of. Typically, if you have a uh, if you work for a radio company like I do, let's say they pay me minimum wage, I have to pay seven and a half percent of my salary into Social Security. They have to pay seven and a half percent of my salary into Social Security. If I'm an independent contractor like I am with Channel Four Cron, um, I have to pay all of my Social Security. You get the idea, and that fifteen percent starts to add up. Uh, then you get tax-heavy states on income tax. And it does make some sense to say we should move our family. If you're a golfer, it doesn't matter where he's based. But again, you have to win. You have to pay taxes. Where I'm not going to get into how complicated that is. Although I did see one state is in some hot water because 
a lot of like New Yorkers are leaving the state to work in Connecticut where they have lower taxes due to COVID and the income tax. If you're working from home, where should the income tax be paid? Do you think that's a fair argument? For instance, I live in California, but I've got a piece of property really close to Nevada. Let's just say it is Nevada. If I were living, if I were working from home, should I be, you, you get the idea, right? Nevada's giving me essential services. They're giving me police officers, firefighters. They're giving me everything where I'm, I'm working. The, the roads I'm, I'm destroying are Nevada roads. You, you see, it's not as easy to say, well, you're technically employed in California on a TV station in California. You're technically, like, do you see, I don't know. It's just going to show you that it's just a mess out there. So the Biden issue, the trend in tax policy is towards increasingly progressive popularity. The idea that rich pay more than poor people, the tax code has become increasingly progressive since 1988, when there were only two tax brackets. One bracket was at 15% for incomes up to $29,750, and another was at 28% for incomes over $29,750. It was pretty easy to figure out your taxes then, or a little more easier. Um... And if you look at like what Europe is doing with taxes, you kind of see that the tax system is just messed up. It's it's complicated. When you're talking tax codes over 60,000 pages, uh, good luck. So Biden, taxes would be higher. That's the assumption on people of wealth. And I'm saying everyone is going to hit that on some levels. Uh, except for people who make less than 60000 Invesco has an ETF that I think would do well to kind of counter what I'm talking about. And I think as an investor, you, you kind of start digesting all of this very, very slowly. And what I would say is if Biden is priced in, solar will, will do well, even though taxes will be higher. So Invesco has got an ETF exchange traded fund, which is like a mutual fund. Um, it's an index, so it's not, you're not saying, oh, I'm going to invest in one company. Biden has pledged $2 trillion towards solar. The ETF known as TAN, T-A-N, is something you should look at, consider, think about, if you're one who believes in quote-unquote following the money. Um, a lot of money is going to go into renewables. Solar in particular will do well. I want to get Barry Cinnamon on. He does the uh, the Cinnamon show or he does the solar show on KDOW. He's one of those guys who's been in solar for, I, I want to say, his whole career, which from looking at his uh, age, I'm guessing to be 50. So he's been doing it for 30 years. So he was there when it was like almost a joke. Um, when you would have a charging panel for like a, a Duracell battery. And you're like, whoa, we've come a long way when you see Tesla sliding down the road going 100, 120 miles an hour. A little bit more than just a copper top battery in that, if you know what I'm saying. Um, universal masking is going to be an issue. And we'll talk about, is there an investment angle on that? Um, and I do think that come next fall during the flu season, I do think we're going to see people use masks more often. 
I think that's a fashion accessory that is going to st- have some stickiness to it. Not everybody. Not every time you go out. Not every time you meet someone on a date and want to kiss them. But I think you're going to see some moms drag their kids around with masks on in the cold and flu season. So <laughs> I'm just blaming moms because I want to be mean today. Facebook is preparing for an, uh, uh, Facebook is preparing for election unrest. It is going to be an interesting next couple of days. We're in the final full week. Whoa, it's kind of nice, right? Do you remember when the Democrats had like 25 candidates? <laughs> Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. Um, and the list went on and on and on and on. It's been a long process to get to us to where we are now. Lee Kuhi, the chairman and former CEO of Samsung and one of the country's wealthiest men, died at age 78. He had been in bad health for a long time. He, one of his sons was trying to impress him years ago. And I think this is a South Korean thing, although I can really culturally misstep here. But one of his sons was trying to impress him. And like he had a couple sons and they're, they're working in different parts of Samsung. Samsung makes TVs, they make monitors, they make computer chips, they make phones. There's a lot of, a lot of divisions, right? So one of his sons ran a company to the ground so the other company could buy it and impress his dad. And essentially, he's been investigated by the South Korean legal entities since. And it just goes to show you like, whoa, there's some stuff that goes on with dying when wealth, right? There's also some stuff that goes on with, with, with dying in corporate companies. Will Samsung change their culture with new executive leadership? I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing. There's no doubt in my mind that over the weekend, if you opened up a newspaper, if you opened up a new site, checked in on social media, you probably saw the headline that the number of cases in the United States of COVID has hit a record high. Essentially, March, April, started to see things get a little nuts. June, July started seeing us, you know, break off of our quarantining and saw us hit a new high of about 60,000. Now we're at about 80,000 a day. And you're like, well, that's maybe a good thing. Maybe we're eventually going to get herd, you know, sensibilities here. Um, I don't know. To me, that sounds like a lot of hospitalization a lot of scrutiny about what should be open and what should not. That makes it sound to me like more economic slowdown, which again says, take a look at what worked during the COVID era from March to July, August, and double down on it for a little while longer, or do you want to start going to the reopening plays? One of the spokespeople for... The White House and Donald Trump said this weekend, the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, he says, we're not going to get this under control. Changing the tone of, oh, it's only going to be one person. We have it under control. It'll be gone by summer to we're not going to get this under control. And I kind of believe that in the sense of I know Americans 
and we are a divided country right now, more so than we've ever seen. Um, we've turned wearing a mask into a political statement. Like literally, I could wear a mask down, walk down a, a street in Northern California, and people will give me cheers. And I walk down a street in South Carolina, and people, will, you know, boo me. Weird. One of the things that's interesting about Tesla is the supercharging network. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of setting that up across the country, but it costs a little bit of money. It's not free. And that brings me to the concept of gas prices and Tesla doing better when gas is at higher prices with, or Tesla stock doing worse if gasoline is at low prices, or does it just not matter? I'm going to say it just doesn't matter. Um, because of things like California's mandate to get by 2035, 100% electrical vehicles sold from dealerships. Now, let's go back a few years, shall we? Um, if you go back to 1949, what's that? 50 years? If you're 70 years old, essentially, the price of gas, the price per gallon of gas was 27 cents. So. If you're in your 60s, you're probably born in the 50s, where the price of gasoline was 31 cents. Adjusted for inflation would be $2.76. Stay with me for a little bit more. I'm not going to bore you all day long with this. If you go back to 1970, gasoline was $2. Uh, adjust, it was 36 cents a gallon. Adjusted for inflation, $2.40. If you go into this, the, the late 70s, early 80s, what's that make you? When you were born, uh, if you were born in 1980, uh, that's 2040, 40 years old. Gasoline was a buck 19 or 374 when adjusted for inflation. So when I was driving this weekend, I noticed that gasoline was 275, 295, 305 in that range, right? There were the expensive gas stations like the Shells and the X on the, and the mobiles. Um, and then there's the cheap ones like, you know, uh, dirty buzzsaw gasoline, rotten Ricky's kind of thing. So if you go back all the way 70 years, 60 years, 50 years, 40 years, we're cheaper when adjusted for inflation. Uh, we're cheaper now when adjusted for inflation. Now, there's been some periods of time where that's not true. But in 1990, Gas was a buck fifteen and adjusted for inflation, it's like two forty. Now, again, it's not a great obvious thought here, but gasoline hasn't been very inflationary in your lifetime. And I want you just to digest that a little bit because there have been things that have been more inflationary. Home prices, they go up five, six percent over time. Stock market, 8 to 10%, including dividends, over time. Gasoline, not so much. So inflation's always going to run somewhere between 2 and 4% in theory. That's not a vastly true statement that a mathematician would validate. Um, but we're not paying a lot more at the pump, all things considered. So... It almost makes no sense that Tesla's doing as well as they are, except for the fact that there will be mandates tied towards, you know, pollution. 
and changing the way we consume energy and create energy. So goes back to again to Biden saying he's going to throw down two trillion. Facebook's going to have an interesting couple of weeks. Facebook's preparing specific measures to slow the spread of viral content in preparation for violence and unrest related to the election. Last month, the company's head of global affairs told the Financial Times it planned to restrict content circulation in preparation for potential violence and unrest. I hope we don't live in a world in the United States um, where an election leads to violence. But with less than 10 days until the election, state and city officials are preparing for potential unrest as security concerns arise. That's got me bummed out a little bit. So there is something that more and more people are talking about. Um, and that is the concept of fatigue. And I, I certainly feel a, a large part of that. I got an email this week from a man who asked me a question. Should I build an emergency fund or should I invest that money in the stock market and build an emergency fund later? Oh, boy. Right. I've had an emergency fund since I was probably 22, 23 years old. And that emergency fund was was brought about with the idea of what if I get into a car accident and can't work? What if I get cancer and there's a new treatment that I hear about in Mexico, but it's not approved in the United States, but it costs $30,000 cash in Mexico. What if I get kidnapped? Those are about those are my emergencies, right? Kidnapped cancer and car crash that means I can't work um, I've had two thousand to twenty thousand to thirty thousand dollars sitting in cash and I've increased it through the years and I don't use it for a new TV I don't use it for a down payment on a Tesla I don't use it for anything like that I use it in case one of those scenarios happen um, I don't expect it but if it's an emergency I need the cash I got the cash I have no cash in my house. I have no cash under a mattress. That makes no sense to me. Um, I've got my cash sitting in a web-enabled bank, earning roughly 1%. I know you're saying, but Rob, Facebook's up 90% and Apple's up 200% and Google's up 33% and I'm just making up those numbers. How can you have cash sitting there doing nothing? It's only for an emergency. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people during the global pandemic have probably said, I wish I had more cash. So not making a ha 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 he 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 thing out of this. Um, but you should have an emergency fund before you invest in the stock market. And in the stock market, one of my rules of thumb, keep in mind the, the concept of rule of thumb came from a judge back in ye old days of England who said, you're only allowed to hit your wife with a stick the size of your thumb. Oh, my like, God. For real? I've got pretty big thumbs. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's wrong with the world, right? What's wrong with me? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. So, yes, have an emergency fund before you do have a uh, invest in the stock market. But one of my rules of thumb in the stock market is you should have two to six months of emergency cash before you put money in the stock market. 
then you should have $100,000 roughly in index funds before you buy one individual stock. Then when you buy your first stock, it shouldn't be what Jim Cramer says on television. It shouldn't be what you think you heard me say on radio. It should be something very, very different. It should be something that you knew when you were a kid. And I'll almost go as far as to say the very first stock everyone should buy is McDonald's. I won't say that, but let's put it this way. They don't make gourmet delicious food, and yet you don't see a lot of McDonald's closing. If you don't want McDonald's, maybe go with a Visa. You've seen Visa since they were sponsoring the Olympics back in the 80s when you were you know, watching the Winter Olympics in the USA wins the gold medal in hockey. Visa's all over that broadcast. So I'm not telling you which one to buy, but those are two ideas. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything I mentioned. But the mistakes I see people make is no emergency fund and rushing into stocks, thinking they're experts a little bit too soon. And it's really easy in this culture that we're living in right now to turn on the TV, see Jim Cramer scream something, Dunkin' Donuts, and say, I want to own that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Barbie. I brought her up a little bit earlier in the show. Um, and how Mattel had earnings reported a surprise rise in quarterly sales. Barbie is owned by Mattel and Hasbro has got, they lock up the toy business. A few years ago, we were talking about, oh no, Toys R Us are going bankrupt. What will Mattel and Barbie do? And then you see Target's added more toys for Christmas because they know Toys R Us isn't there. And you know, Walmart's doing the same kind of thing. And you know, Amazon's in on this. Freakiest thing I saw in the world last week. And I said this last week, so sorry if it's repetitive. If you're a member of the 10 hour club, congratulations. You will get your badge in the mail sometime in 2021. Um, I <laughs> There's a joke there, but I'm not going to go into it about the post service. Um, Mattel had a surprise quarter. Now, here's where you can win the battle but lose the war. So the thing that I got in the mail last week was a catalog of toys from Amazon. A catalog. Amazon sent me a catalog. Not an email. A catalog. A tree cut up made into paper, ink thrown on said paper, and create catalog. And I was like, ooh, let's see what the big toys are this year. And I flipped through it with a little bit of glee. I was actually smiling, like the smile you get when you get into an expensive vehicle, like the smile you get when you stepped on uh, ground after landing after a five-hour flight to Hawaii. It's like, sweet. But Mattel and Hasbro did really, really, really well in the last six months as mom and dad told the kids, no, no, you stay inside. I'm going to go to the store and pick up groceries. I'm going to go to the store and, and drop mail off. Or I'm going to go to the store and pick up a package or something like that. Right. And parents would look at the shelves of retail and go, I could play connect four with my kid. I used to play this as a little girl. And now you're saying, Rob, I always knew you were a little girl. <laughs> I know. Right. I just admitted it. The iconic doll, also known as Barbie, sales rose 29%. 
it raked in over a half a billion dollars in sales. Now keep in mind, it's a chunk of plastic, albeit a pretty good looking chunk of plastic, yet still a chunk of plastic. I know you're saying, did you have the hots for Barbie? Uh, I might've, I might've. Mattel's effort to make the white blonde doll more inclusive now has different skin tones and body shapes are paying off by attracting a more diverse customer base. Oh, I could get myself into trouble here. Talking about um, chunks of plastic with big derrieres. You know the rap song, I like big butts, I cannot lie. I like stock dividends, I like stock buybacks. I've tried to turn culture into teachable moments. I can't explain Barbie's success other than tell you it's going to be very short term. Our shopping habits on Barbie, we'll lose our patience with it again. Consumers are snapping up everything from Barbies to disinfectant wipes to robot vacuum cleaners to RVs. I don't expect the RV trend to stick around forever and ever. The robot vacuum, eh, it's okay. One of the greatest things you'll ever see on YouTube is a robot vacuum running into a pile of dog poop, dog pooped in the house. Oh, and the robot doesn't know that's uh, not something it's trying to pick up. Um, disinfectant wipes. I look forward to the day where I'm just like, can I just get some Fantastic or Formula 409 and spray it with paper towel? Paper towel. How dare you, heathen? So Barbie did great. Hasbro did great. And again, I don't see that as a long term. So any strength in those stocks, I would say consider looking for an out. I'm not telling you to do that. But kids today are, they hold on to their phones so they can do a TikTok video. They hold on to their iPads so they are ready for an Instagram. They're right, like, they're different. I honestly, um, I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons. I don't think my kids have ever seen a cartoon. Do you remember the magic of waking up, getting out of bed, getting downstairs before mom and dad woke up, eating a bowl of some sort of sugary cereal and then watching cartoons. My favorite, Scooby-Doo. There we go. Either he's psychic or he's just like me, my producer. There's another one, Johnny Quest. Was that, what was it called, Johnny Quest? That was more of a modernized, more of a scientific, robotic, billionaire son, Scooby-Doo. But again, I digress. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. The big stories this week are going to happen later in the week. Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, all report later this week. Last night, out of Germany, Germany, SAP disappointed investors by lowering its revenue outlook due to the lockdowns in Europe and a muted demand recovery. SAP is a big company. Their stock's down 20% today. That's not good. That's telling you businesses aren't deploying big investments in infrastructure right now. What you got is what you got. Um, it's an enterprise software, enterprise hardware kind of play. And it's not booming. They're saying business isn't booming. Now again, they're a little bit more European than most of the companies I talk about. And you know what that means, right? 
No, I don't know what that means either. Teslas are calling some cars in China. I don't think that is that big of an issue. Recalls are typically terribly well insured. Electric vehicle pioneer Teslas recall about 30,000 vehicles. When a car is recalled, consequences for drivers are obvious. Something bad's happening, maybe a little quality control. In this case, it's tied towards a suspension issue, specifically the front suspension aft link and the rear suspension upper link. The vehicles were made in the Fremont, California plant between 2013 and 2015. Um, it shows you that they're not perfect for sure. And their quality control has at one point in time was considered genius. And now it's considered a lot less than genius, which is interesting because I think when chicken McNuggets first came out, they were great, great chicken, white meat chicken, just awesome. And now they're beaks and toes and things you don't want to know about. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.